Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt podcast. It's okay. 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 Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Nah, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey, hey. welcome to Where to Hunt podcast. Hey. How you doing, Greg? Doing great, Eric. How about yourself? Good, good. I'm happy to have you. Happy we're here. Happy to do this. Uh, yeah. I used to say a very spe- like particular thing every episode. I've stopped doing it because of the live format. So let's give it a shot. A shot here. Uh, welcome to Word Hunt Podcast. Today is April seventh, twenty twenty. This is episode one twenty six, and this is the this is the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. It's been a minute, see, aka the okayest podcast in the Midwest. <laughs> Fucking butchered it. Ah, you didn't butcher it too bad. Not as bad as I do for some of our promo stuff. So you're good. Dude, I've been saying this stuff for a lot of years now. It's been a minute since I've done it. It's pretty bad. We can't remember your own lines. But hey, we're okay. That's that's what that's, that's just how we. We're just okay. We're just okay. That's how we roll. I've been seeing people getting the koozies in the mail. That's been fun to see. Meh, it's okay. Nice. Uh, call out. Sure. I took a, a picture this morning of some freshly ground backwoods grind coffee. And just uh, seeing it, I can smell it. Yeah, see? It's really uh, powerful stuff. It's so powerful that you can smell it. But the power really is in uh, the, the the beans, right? The caffeine. Uh, it's the original pre-workout. It's delicious. So head on over to backwoodsgrind.com. Type in code W2HPODCAST. And then you get yourself 10% off. But then they know that we're helping them out. And uh, you're supporting us, you're supporting them, and uh, you're supporting conservation. So go do that. If you Next time you need coffee, since you don't want to go to the grocery store, just go to backwardsgrind.com. Uh, Gumleaf USA. Gumleafusa.com. Greg, you were tranching around in your uh, gum leafs. I saw them. The field wellies, the yep. greens today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, perfect. Perfect boot for today we are uh darn near 70 degrees and don't ask me how but i never did fill a boot today usually i fill a boot out there somewhere uh, but uh stayed dry inside those boots um flexible vibrant sole 85 percent rubber what else should i say about them i don't know but fill a boot was my uh nickname when i was in uh, wrestling in high school fill a boot that's right. Do I dare ask? <laughs> just, just fucking around. I, a, I wasn't in wrestling, and B, that wasn't my nickname. 
Good old Philaboot. He could really hold him down. Oh, boy. Someone's going to give me a bad rating for trying to be funny again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are. You should hit the womp, womp, I have. Womp. I think I got rid of that one. I think I just I have, the, it for you. have the crickets. That's fine. Uh, and then you were out there with a good friend of ours, Isaac, over at Vector Custom Shop. VectorCustomShop.com. Mr. Isaac Smith. How'd it go? Shout out to Mr. Isaac Smith. You had a nice, had a fancy Vector hat. Camera rig. He was running around. He wanted me to try and talk intelligently into the microphone. I did not do a very good job. I didn't feel any way of talking intelligently. I can talk, but, you know, not intelligently. Yeah, same. So it was good. Next two of us. He did, did, some, did some video work. So somewhere along the lines, that's going to show up somewhere out in Instagram and Facebook land. No idea when, but uh, keep your eyes peeled for it. Keep your eyes peeled, Should folks. Be mildly boring or maybe entertaining. I don't know. Maybe he'll work some magic with that cool camera. I bet has. you he will. That's what that's what those cameras are for. Uh, it'll add 10 pounds, yeah. though, so good luck with that. But That's fine. <laughs> Go head on over to VectorCustomShop.com, enter in code where is the number two, the word hunt, and you get 10% off. I'm seeing these guys all over Instagram now. Uh, Sam Soholtz, give them a try. Uh, who else did I see that was, you know, kind of like a bigger Omar name? Tonic. Yeah, yeah, with uh, yeah, East Omar meets Tonic. West, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. There's a few other people out there that maybe people know of and maybe they don't, uh, but they got big things coming. Yeah, good company. To the world of archery here soon. We'll talk about it more. Great guys. Yeah. Yep. Stay tuned for the shot of the week, uh, you know, in post-production. So that'll be good. That'll be when the podcast is live later tonight. Um, we'll talk more about them. Okay. Let's bring on our guests. Who do we got with us today? We have Trev from the Outdoor Drive podcast. How's it going, Trev? What's going on, guys? What uh, what brings you here? How did you get on our show? <laughs> Who do you know? Uh, I sh- I strolled on in. We left the back door open. Somebody uh. left. Somebody left the door open. <laughs> Damn it! The cat must have drugged me in again. Uh, I get drugged into all kinds of crazy places. <laughs> what kind of cat was it? Was it a tiger? Was it a, a, cat? Was it a fucking tiger? It was a tiger with Corona. It was a tiger. <laughs> Don't go there. I've been watching. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> Please don't actually say you've been watching that train wreck. You did, didn't you? Oh, you couldn't resist. I did, man. I got I got sucked right in. <laughs> Same here. Believe it or not, I've I've held true to not watching it. Oh, come on. It's actually, you don't have to be that proud of that. Just man. get I'm, in the bandwagon. Come on. I kind of dig it. You're missing out on all the fun. So. Tr- Trev, tell us about you and uh, the Outdoor Drive podcast. I know I got to hang out on your show a couple weeks ago, uh, kind of when the shit hit the fan yeah. with COVID. And, um, you know, we get, here's some runway, man. Uh, tell us about yourself. So I'm an East Coast native, born and raised here in Connecticut. I know most of you guys probably don't even know where that is. Probably only seen it on a map once. Um, I grew up in the outdoor world hunting and fishing my entire life and uh yeah man that's about that's about my life that's a that's a, sh- like a bad life. That's a yeah it sounds good it sounds <laughs> nice and simple you got a lot going on though you're so we're happy to have you on today because you know here we talk mostly deer and we we, we sway here and there and we talk about you know 
gear and BS and tactics and such. But every now and again, we'll talk about a fish or a mushroom or a coyote or a turkey. But you're dabbling in a whole bunch of things. You've got a crew with you over there. Um, and your day job is super interesting. Maybe we can just kind of start with how you got your kind of, how did you like get into the outdoors? Like what, what drew you in? Like what, what's your drive? What drove you? What drives me into the outdoors? Um, so I started my life. Uh, my first job was actually when I was 15 years old, I started in a bait and tackle shop making sandworm boxes. Um, it's kind of like the pizza guy who makes uh, pizza boxes. And uh, I started doing that when I was actually underage to be working. And I stayed there up until I was about 24 years old. And I finished there in sales, um, doing um, sales for them, selling night crawlers actually to all your convenience stores through like a company called J Pollop, but which is kind of stupid. But that's where I kind of started and cut my teeth was there and uh, doing that and fishing every single day. And then. I decided it was a good good thing to do was to go and work for the family business doing construction for a while, and that absolutely sucked. So um, I said, you know what, I want to do something different. So I got into um, doing a little bit of taxidermy. Uh, my family actually owns a meat farm uh, where we had processed deer. We would do close to about um, probably 300 whitetails a year. And uh, we would do all the skull mounts by Simran with the with the um, with the power washer, and I was like, dude, there's got to be an easier way to do this. So I actually um, researched and found out about these demersed beetles, or domestic beetles, and uh, I started my own colony, and I started with 250, and I was doing my little trap and animals, so on and so forth, and then it kind of turned into this big thing, and now that's what I do uh, full time in the off season um from fishing so no yeah. shit yep how and do you then how do you when, take care of those uh, beetles real quick so the beetles are kind of self-efficient man once you get them kind of set up and on the temperatures that they're supposed to be on and so like it i'll just go through it real quick um the the, the beetles have to hold between 75 and 83 degrees with a moisture about 30%. So you say, how do I get that? Well, we actually use um, uh, heat lamps inside of the inside of chest freezers with uh, HVAC vents that go in and out, and they're actually on like house light timers. Um, so they go on eight times a day for 15 minutes um, to keep the moisture at the right level. And if you have to, you spray them with water. Um, and then they're on this thing called an ink bird which um, hooks into a light socket, and then that has your, um, your bulb on it, and then that keeps it at your temperature and regulates it three degrees, swing either way, so it stays at that temperature. Um, and the beetles, actually, they're pretty much self-efficient, man. You just feed them, water them, and they will grow, and they just multiply and multiply and multiply. So a beetle from um, a larva stage in six months gets to its sexual maturity to a full-size beetle and then it starts laying eggs and you just they just keep reproducing 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 holy shit you made something that like i would have spent two weeks researching on youtube and you did in about two minutes 
that's good because it took me about five years to figure that out. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's like you have an yeah, ecosystem. You opportunity there. You could have led people along and said, "Well, you got to talk them in at night. You got to read them a story. <laughs> you got to do all sorts of things. They're very high maintenance. They they are very high maintenance. Honestly, I mean, to keep them alive is 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 not that easy. I mean, I say it that, but I've made every mistake that there is when it's coming to the beetles. Um, if they get too much moisture, they get mites. They're susceptible to a lot of different diseases. Um, they're, I mean, they are a complete pain in the ass. But when you get them to work properly, I can do a deer head with probably 10,000, 15,000 bugs um, in less than 24 hours. That's sick, dude. How How many deer heads can they fucking eat? Like, can you just run it through there like... Here's another one tomorrow. Here's another one tomorrow, and they just keep going. Or do they do they get fatigued? That's what I do. No, um, sometimes I mean they definitely get to the point where they like they'll go into molting mode. I call it um, where they all hide and disappear, and you think that your whole entire colony's dead, and you get all pissed off. And I've done this before, and I've thrown out the colony, and then I talk to the beetle guy and he's like no 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 don't do that they just go through like like a reproduction thing and they'll just start from scratch again and then they'll just multiply and they just boom like instantaneously and become this huge colony um and that's what ends up happening um but like to answer your question you literally just feed them every single day so every day i go in there and i put a new deer head in or i'll put two deer head in um my one colony that i'm operating out of right now um fully is uh, about fifty to seventy-five thousand beetles, um, and I can put two beetles, two heads in there a, a day, and it will completely eat them by the morning. Wow. So the organ man would have a field day in that freezer. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of DNA in there. No. <laughs> wow. And they do such a good job, though, right? Like the the skull comes out incredibly clean um, for very little effort, probably. Yeah, I mean, so well, that's that's relative because there's a lot of effort and take care of the beetles, but then you're not picking up brain. Well, so the the prepping process is, I mean, I have to skin it, uh, dejaw it, uh, de eye it, and debrain it, um, and then it goes in like that. So there's very little meat on it by the time it goes in there, but they do eat it pretty quickly. Um, you can leave the the brains, but that's what tends to smell the worst is the brains because um it just it's just nasty but it's very help it's very helpful in the reproduction process so it's got a lot of protein and a lot of stuff for them that that helps them breed um so every once in a while you actually leave one in there um with brain on it damn all right so there's that so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's super fascinating. That, that's, that's not that. something I know anything about. I know there's a gal that does that here in Wisconsin who's been on the show a while back. Um, and, and, you know, she's got beetles. I know that. I didn't realize that much care had gone into it. It's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once the once they come out of the beetles, once the head comes out, then it has to be degreased and then whitened. So that's a little bit of a process in itself. Um, that That's that takes a little bit of time too. So the degreasing process, I run it at 180 degrees for 16 hours and then it comes out of there and then it goes into whitening. I do two different stages of whitening. Um, I do a liquid whitener and then um, I do a powder whitening. So 
though. And then they're like paper white by the time that they're done. So it takes about a week to whiten. And they don't stink after so all that 180, either. At 180, is that, is that a water water temperature? Is that a bath or is that dry? E- a dry 180? Just te- no, it's a water. water. No, no, no. Okay. It's, a, it, it's water, sorry. Um, and you put it with, I use Dawn dish soap as my degreaser. Um, sure. So they soak in that. Um, whitetail grease burns off at 116 degrees. So every skull has a lot of grease in it. So that's when you see like, and I hate it, man. You go through these trade shows and you look at all these, say, bears, pigs, whitetails, and they all got this, like, yellow dinginess to them. Um, and it's like a sheen to it. That's actually grease popping out of it. Hmm. And a lot yeah. of people don't realize that you have to pull it out. Some people don't care. You know what I'm saying? It just adds bone. It's cool. But I'm just very particular with making sure that's very, very white. Looking out the window, my wife just drove off my truck, so I'm not sure what to make of that. <laughs> Taking the truck and I'm leaving you home. Have fun with the kids, <laughs> Sorry, what the heck? Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> Clay, Clay uh, Thurman has a question for you, and which is fine. Let's uh, let's use that as an opportunity to switch gears a little bit because I I, wouldn't, I I like to bring your flavor of the outdoor drive into this episode and cover all sorts of fun stuff. And so he had asked. Uh, first of all, was shaken, and then he asked what your favorite fish recipe is, or your favorite way to prep. Whoa, I'm gonna have to go with a solid man, and I'm gonna go with my favorite, depending on the type of fish. So, I'll do I'll do freshwater, and then I'll do a saltwater. My favorite freshwater, um, is I would definitely eat walleye, and the way that I would eat it would be I like beer battered. That's just just the way to go in my opinion. Um I know it's not good for you the best, but that's actually what I had for dinner. Uh was beer battered walleye. Well, good for you is hard to um, define. Like it's good for your soul, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. It's fresh fish, right? How you go wrong there? Um salt water, I'm going to go fluke and I'm going to go stuffed uh baked with a uh wine cheese sauce on it. Oh. So are you like Oh, you're talking. So you're around fish. You're on. You're on a charter boat, um, a party, a party charter boat. That's hard to fucking say. Um, we call it a headboat. A headboat. I did one of those in Florida. I went down to Key West to visit some family, and we did one of those party boats, and it was a shit show, man. I fuck. I actually really liked it. We took our fresh catch, and some restaurant cooked our fresh catch for us, and did just they just blackened it or whatever. But it was, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was the booze. Maybe it was the sunset, you know, the environment. I don't know, but it was really good. It could have been because it was fresh. Black and fish in, in general is amazing. <laughs> it was just, it was yeah. a cool experience. Um, but we did. We went on those boats. And in fact, that, one of my favorite stories is my buddy Mike. Uh, I, I probably told the story on the show before, but he had a fish. You're supposed to yell fish out when you get a fish because it's the ocean. You could pull something up weird, right? I don't know if that's what they do on, on the headboard. Yeah, of course. And so he's like, fish on, fish on. And he's all excited. He's all jacked up. And the, you know, the, the, the deckhand comes over and he's like, oh yeah, man. He grabs a pole. You got, you got a big one. You got a grouper. And Mike looks at me with the most excited face to this day that I've ever seen. And I've known him since, since we're in seventh grade. And he goes, dude, I got a fucking grouper. And the guy goes, yeah, a grouper rocks. Schwink cuts the line. I've never seen such a, uh, a rise and a fall in his expression. 
It was the best thing ever. Uh, uh, poor fucker. Are we move. Is that Kula mm-hmm. that we're talking about? It sure is. Oh, my God. Not only can he slide down a bank with, with, with style, he can catch a grouper. A group of rocks. rocks in the bottom of the ocean. Here, dude, I got a grouper. <laughs> t- and the way he did it, it was just so dramatic. Bust out his knife and just hard slice. Uh, Razored it. That's awesome. It's pretty great. So, okay, so you're on these boats, or boat, right? A lot. And so you're around fish. And so at what point did you decide that? I'm going to start making some really good meals. Like you just talked about a, a wine cheese dressing. What the fuck? I've never made a wine cheese dressing in my life. You got to be doing some fun stuff there in the kitchen then. Yeah. I mean, dude, when you, when you live on this stuff, I mean like, so I'll go into it a little bit because we, I didn't even go over that part of it. Um, so I, I started doing with the European um, mounts and doing with the Demersa beetles and stuff. I needed something else to, um, fill my time and make some money. So I decided to get on and into charter fishing. Um, I was like, you know what? I'll be a mate on a boat. Then I can hunt and I can run the, 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 the tax business in the off season. So I got onto a six pack charter boat, um, doing stupid little porgy fishing, bottom fishing, striper fishing. Um, and something I've done my entire life. So I became a mate there, and then I progressively moved myself up, and I started doing offshore fishing, was doing shark fishing and tuna fishing on a boat for a couple of years. Then I got into commercial striper fishing and commercial tuna fishing, which I was never successful at. Let's break that there. Um, I've been a ton of times and never actually landed one. Yeah, and every time I wasn't there, they would land one, and it would just suck. Or we'd have buddies around us killing them. Uh, one One of the trips we went out last year, the last, last day of the season um our buddy mike ended up killing like a 750 pounder right next to us we watched him fight it the entire time miserable dude we were just miserable watching him do it but it was awesome to be part of it and see it and everything like that um and then i said you know i want to try something different and work underneath a different captain so i went and started working on a 115 foot 150 passenger uh party boat or head boat um, and we bottom fish, uh, for porgies, sea bass and fluke, um, seven days a week throughout the summer. So we start in the beginning of May and we end, um, the end of October. So when you're around all these fish all the time and all you do, man, I mean, we, we stockpile the freezer constantly. I mean, that's what we live on, dude. I don't buy food. Um, it's, it's whitetails, um, and fish. And that's literally what we live on. So when you constantly have this stuff, you got to find different ways of cooking it, right? So it's blackening or stuffed or baked or you can only fry fish so many different times before you decide that you're way too fat and shouldn't be eating it that way. Um, So you just kind of like you ask all your buddies and like, oh, how do you make it? How do you make it? And then being um, one of my really good buddies and fishing partners is the ghost hunter. Um, who's on the outdoor drive and he is a full-time chef. And what he does is he has, uh, five culinary degrees in wow, uh, Italy. Jeez. He studied in Italy and all over Europe. So he, wow. that's what he does, man. Uh, high end restaurants. So I'm constantly bouncing off of him, man. Let me try this. What's up with that? Um, just making all different kinds of things and different sauces and 
you name it, man. So that's cool. Just kind of mess around in the kitchen, <laughs> making ta- fish tacos. I mean, what's better than fish oh, tacos, yeah. man? Not much. There's My wife loves fish tacos. tacos. You know, Uh-oh. gosh, dude. We got to have you talk so, to Holly because she, when we get back into, you know, uh, in-person guest mode, she's always making folks dinner when they come over, including Greg. And um, by the way, Bruce, yeah, the Haas Clark says, what up, fellas? What up, Bruce? Haas? What's up, Bruce? I feel like, is there something Bruce that rhymes man. with Bruce that we could say in addition to Haas? Can we give him a new, another nickname? Bruce the, nah, the Moose? We'll, we'll stick with Big Haas. Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Ritter Clark. Bruce Ritter. And Bruce. Yeah, uh, man. So I, and go ahead. This is this is your time. Oh. Go ahead, Trev. Shit. No, so no, no, you're good, dude. Um I, going back to Holly and, and guests being on uh and coming over and cooking for him, um, we're actually going to do a um we're calling it the food chain junkie flavor of the week. And what that is is Ghost Hunter is going to do a um, a recipe of the week with pictures and how-to and also going to do a video clip on some of the more – the bigger um, recipes also. So it's something to cool. watch out for. Hell yeah. That's pretty yeah, neat. So. I know. We were talking when I was on your show. We were talking about like doing some tributary to all the wives. Yeah, man. You have to. We might we might do that. We just have to have a wife podcast. I think we'd we'd we'll have to do like a where to hunt outdoor drive wife podcast. Yeah. Well then I'll never be in the seat again. She'll just take over. She's way better than me. You guys will be like, dude, don't bring Eric back. <laughs> that's my all wife, that would go. My wife will usually start to partake in a beverage and that's when the kick the cooking gets good. I mean it's good the way it is, but it seems she gets a little more creative juices flowing a little risque in the kitchen with the involved. with the seasoning huh yeah mm-hmm. or something or so something. her turkey chili with porter beer is one of my favorites oh that sounds good oh pretty awesome yeah see yeah i didn't have that a good dinner amazing. tonight <laughs> the two yeah i'm so hungry it's all right good. so you're uh, one of your co-hosts is a, uh, incredible chef and you've been mm-hmm. at it for a while. Uh, obviously you made some food at the working class bow hunter shoot last summer for a lot of folks that people are yeah. raving about for still now that just a comment just came through from that. Um, that's pretty great. So are you doing turkey hunting? Is that, when does that open up for you guys? Is that not, is, I know some states are getting it closed right now because of COVID. So I don't want to like you know, hurt anybody's feelings that they can't go. Um, yeah, nobody nobody cares about their feelings, but <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're um, fucked. I'm actually, um, I'm leaving on Wednesday to drive to Virginia, me and Ghost Hunter, and we are going to go to Stevens in Virginia, which is the other host of um, the Outdoor Drive. And we're going to go down there and hunt for five days turkey hunting because their season rings in before ours does. So we'll be down there um, filming and hunting down in Virginia. So we're going to start there, and then we're going to head back, and then we'll start hunting in Connecticut. Um, but I definitely also w- want to just let everyone know what, what uh, Steven is. And Steven is the other host of the Outdoor Drive podcast. And if it wasn't for Steven there wouldn't be an outdoor drive podcast um, because 
on the drop of a hat when we decided to start this adventure. He was right there by my side. I called him that day and said, we're starting this. And we kicked it off in Harrisburg. And he is just like the IT guru. He's got the and voice. He's got that do... sexy radio voice in the IT background. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah. really talk much. <laughs> you know? He's like, hey, uh, coming at you. Uh, I'm like, yeah. whoa, who's this fucking guy? This is, this is a beautiful voice for the radio. No joke. That sexy jazz voice. Yeah, yeah, he did that. He said that. Yeah, he said sexy jazz voice. And then he started talking in like a new voice. And I was like, whoa. I got like, it was like a, it was like a moth to a flame, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we're going to come back home and we'll start back in Connecticut. Um, we get five birds here in Connecticut. So that's going to wow. be fun. Yeah. And they just, they just ruled it this year that we get to hunt until dark. So that's going to be a new thing for me. Um, hmm. We always were able to hunt until noon, but now we can hunt until dark. So That's how it was here for quite a long time. When I first started, Like we were done at noon. You had from sun up till, till noon, and that was it. You were done hunting. And that went on for quite a few years, and then all of a sudden they opened it up till the sundown, basically. So it's, that's kind of nice to get that change. Um, I've always killed all my birds in the morning, though. I've never killed one in the evening. So it came close last year to shooting one in the evening, but uh, it's kind of a nice thing. It gives you more of a chance to harvest your bird. So you get five. Do you guys get, it's, here it is, season's open, run until, when do you start? When is it, when's it open there for you in Connecticut? So our season opens, uh, I want to say April 29th this year. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean, you just get five tags. So last year was, um, it was three on private, two on state. Um, and then they just fully full blown opened it five across the board. Um, okay. So you can just kill five birds. And um, it, it's, I don't know, man, I'm a little bit, I'm torn in between whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I don't, I think five is a lot of birds, man. Um, and that's going to kill, season, you know, go ahead. I'll let you finish. No, 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 no. Go ahead. So our seasons broke up. Like it starts, with, it opens April 15th and we have period A through E, I believe. And you have to draw. So you, when you go and apply for a turkey permit here you choose the period you want and apply for it and then you get like three other ba two or three other backup choices for periods and zones so we have i don't know what are we up to i think four or five zones now i think we're five zones it used to be cut up into more zones it was pretty ridiculous so you pick your, your area you want to hunt and the time period. If you don't get that, you you get your backup time period and zone. It could be the same zone, just a later time period. So I've got the third period, so I'm the end of April, beginning of May. That was my draw. And then you can purchase any additional tags, so you're allowed one per period. So I, I've got, I think, I got period C, and then I... I went and bought a bonus or an extra for period E or period F, one of the two. I'll have to go back and look. So essentially we probably could kill 
up to six birds maybe if you were able to get at it and and pick those permits out like right off the bat they so for each each zone they you know they'll like they open it i think it was march 16th zone a you had to go in and any leftover permits that didn't get drawn for zone a you could grab and then the next day you know the, the 17th they opened up for zone b or zone c or whatever it was so it's kind of it's one of those things you got to really read through and like mark the day on your calendar because like zone a that's our south southern southeastern side of the state where probably there's quite a between a and b there's probably the most birds those are the southern two zones those tags sell really fast so you got to get in there and get them while the getting's good otherwise they're gone the later season permits nobody likes to go for season e and f because that's already into fishing season lakes are open you know into may but honestly i i went the second to last period last year and i never heard so many birds gobbling around here Mm. ever it was quite good so it's kind of like a hidden gem that late season yeah Yeah, that late season is like fire. Yeah, it's fire, man. Like I love it. Like, you know, that's one thing that makes me kind of nervous with the whole five, the five bird thing because like the guys that you know would normally go out and kill one, two birds are happy, but now they have four other tags to fill, so they might drag into the later season. And definitely, like I mean, here with five tags, I'm telling you right now, every Jake in this state is not safe anymore. They were safe before because they only had two, three tags. And they would wait for a long beard, but now every jig's dead. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's the first couple of years, it's going to have a little bit of an effect. And I think with the whole COVID thing, too, that a lot of guys are really going to be in the woods a lot more because you see it a lot more on the forums now. Guys are just like, oh, I can't wait for turkey season. And I'm thinking, like, you know, it's a good thing, dude. I, I want to see the bigger numbers. I want to see more people succeed. And I want them to, you know, shoot birds and stuff. But just leave mine alone. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. And you're hunting public land, right, yeah. Trev? Yeah, I'm a I'm a big public land hunter. I, I I have probably maybe one or two private land spots that I turkey hunt and or deer hunt, um, but everything else is all public land. Yeah. And what's and your strategy? Like urban... All right, real quick before we get into Trev's strategy, let's get into. The shot of the week. All right, so Vector Custom Shop. Head on over to VectorCustomShop.com. These guys are our official sponsor for the shot of the week. And this week we got a good one. Vector Custom Shop is, uh, well, they are, or they do, premium built arrows, and they're built to your specs. Here's where it gets really interesting with these guys. Uh, They get to know you as a hunter. They take the time to interact with every single customer. So if you call them up and you're uh, going through your arrow selection, it's more than just your draw weight and your draw length. They're going to ask you your arrow or your, sorry, your bow manufacturer they're going to ask you your hunting style. Are you hunting from a stand? Are you hunting from the ground? What animal are you hunting? Are you hunting out west? Are you hunting in the Midwest? Um, they take all these things into consideration before building your arrows. And when they do, 
they get it right. And then it shows up at your door. It's a beautiful thing. So if you're too busy to deal with this stuff, these guys got your back and their, their quality speaks for itself. Just follow them on Instagram. Take a look at who's telling their brand. Um, they're real professionals using their, their arrows and uh, they're good guys. So if you want to save some money on their arrows, I recommend starting with a two pack test um, package from theirs. Go to vectorcustomshop.com and enter in code where to hunt. And that's the, the number two where to hunt. And it's going to get you 10% off. Let's get into our shot of the week. Hey, y'all. So this is Jimmy uh, from Hunt Free. I just wanted to share with you guys my crazy hunting shot uh, for the Where to Hunt podcast. So I think my craziest shot was probably this year. So it was the first deer that I killed while self-filming, uh, while ever self-filming, I should say. And uh, I'm standing there. Deer comes running in right under my stand. It was a small doe. Um, and then I'm standing there locked up for about 10, 15 minutes. Finally, she makes her way behind me, like straight back over my left shoulder. Um, and I have to get spun all the way around. I keep the camera arm on my right side. I step back or all the way forward to the edge of the platform, turned around, got the camera arm turned around and had to bite down on my safety strap to lift it up because both of my hands were full with the camera arm and the bow, get the camera set and drew back. And then when I drew back, the camera wasn't perfectly lined up. So I had to nudge it over a little bit, uh, stayed drawn back, and then uh, wound up being drawn back for about a minute. Finally, the letter ripped between, uh, at 20 yards, and the shot went between a tree and a limb, about an eight-inch wide hole, uh, and stuck her right in the back rib, quartering away. So I don't know if it was luck, skill, patience, or all three, but it was pretty crazy. I got myself twisted like a pretzel but still happened to pull off a good shot so i was proud of that and definitely got my uh taste of self-filming uh so it was quite interesting hope you all enjoyed and uh talk to you soon jimmy thanks so much for sharing the shot of the week with us this week we appreciate it a whole bunch it's good stuff let's get back into our interview with trev like to getting on birds what's your strategy like how are you starting that process do you have some known spots that you've had success with or are you kind of reinventing the wheel every season yeah, so, I mean, like, I've been scouting now going on probably two weeks, uh, three weeks, where now just getting into the woods, finding, scratching, um, going into new spots. I'm constantly just hiking new spots, trying to find new public land to hunt um, for whitetails and turkeys. So I'll just go in there, find ground scratching, try and maybe locate a bird. Now we're starting to locate them. We're doing that early morning thing, trying to find birds, see where they're holding up, where they're going, what they're doing. Um, and just, I mean, especially with this year, just trying to spread our wings and go farther away um, because, you know, our local spots might have guys on them. And so it could be the faraway spots, but just having more birds and locating more places. Um, but my strategies, man, is I'm more of a late morning hunter when it comes to turkey hunting, and I'm more of a running gunner. So, like, if a bird's not going to do what I want it to do and I'm not going to be able to kill that bird right off the right off the bat, I move and try and find another one. Um, if he's not going to do – if i got to sit there for an hour and talk back and forth and he's not going to do it, I'm going to move, and I'm just going to get on a tote road, and I'm just going to keep hiking and calling and trying to find another bird that, that's going to work in my favor. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very fast-paced when, it, when, when you do that, man. Like, it, it just happens instantly. Um, a lot of times I wait for them to get down and then call them back. Um, if I know the bird's going into a feeding area, 
I'll call him back out of the feeding area at like nine o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock, which is going to be a game changer for me being able to hunt after 12 because I could never hunt after 12. I don't know how many times I've had to turn it in when I'm working a bird at 1130 and now I look down and it's 12 o'clock. Now I legally can't shoot that bird and I have to turn back and I have to come back there the next day. So to be able to keep doing that and having to hunt until, until nighttime, I think I'll be a little bit more successful this season. Not saying I wasn't successful last season because I had a lot of fun last year. I was able to – I last year we were able to shoot three, and uh, I decided that I was going to do it with a bow. So I killed all three of my birds um, with the bow. Um, yeah, I tagged out with my bow, which was uh, kind of crazy for me, man, because I've never really done that. First, This was my first year with, with just – Strictly going out with the bow. I was always with the gun, man. Well, for the record, you're lethal with a bow. bow. For anybody that was at the working class shoot last summer knows that you were the only, and I think the first, to hit that target, that steel target right in the the freaking quarter-size hole that it had from across the pond. Yeah, I... I got lucky. It was the wind was right. The you know it just it just happened to be I was hung over to the right extent and was able to just wobble it right in there. What did you that, win? That you won something luck. cool, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, Lone Wolf uh, custom camera. Yeah, dude, that was cool. Like, it was a big deal. I was like, oh, <laughs> like you know, fucking arrows. That thing broke. Dorsey. What do what we call her? Yeah, Doris. Doris. Yeah. So I, uh, it's funny, it's funny because it was like being in a movie, dude, you know, like, um, any movie and the guy's like the bell's about to ring and he shoots from half court and he makes it and everybody runs out into the center of the court and picks the dude up. That's kind of what I felt like. Cause and it was your fucking so birthday, dude. Right. Like what? <laughs> it was my birthday actually. Yeah. And then you made everybody awesome. fish and you guys brought Shabin. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Yeah, These guys ain't from around here. <laughs> Just showed up yeah. and like <laughs> we brought scallops. Oh man! But that was crazy because what happened was I actually I uh, I did a Trez blooper and I forgot my release man, and I drove all the way from Connecticut to Illinois and forgot my release. So that morning I stopped at the bow shop and I bought a new release that I had never shot before, and. Um, I went to go, it was my turn to shoot, man, and everybody had shot, missed, 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 and then I got up, and I went to go shoot, and it was like a hunter hook um, type release, and I wasn't used to that, and when I went to go shoot, it actually, the release kind of rolled, and I I missed the the trigger, and I kind of like flinched, and everyone was like, oh, and then I just like focused, and I shot, and I made it, and then everyone like freaked out, and they were like, ah, it was, it was nuts, dude, it was like a, it was like the high school football team. Dude, I didn't even try. Like, I, I didn't. I was like, no, no, because I'm gonna ruin an arrow. <laughs> like, I just, I would really, I would have just shot it right into I the pond. I remember, like, well, yeah, he really is the okayest. <laughs> I'm like the guy that picks up the gun. Everyone starts ducking because I'm pointing at everybody. Whoa, whoa, buddy! <laughs> Fuck's this guy doing? <laughs> We had the time of our life, man. That was so much fun there. It was so hot, though, but it was so, it was so hot. awesome. It was hot. I remember uh, uh, Cody and uh, Steve were walking around with their shirts off, and that was pretty funny. 
Oh yeah. The contrast of that. <laughs> like the most fit guy, and probably not the most fat guy, but definitely not fit. And just proud. No. It was great. Cause it's just yeah. hot. It was hot. I remember that. Um, so, okay. The, the Turkey, so that was a good aside. I, that was good to talk about. Uh, the Turkey hunting though. I mean, that's like Greg said, April 15th. And there's a youth hunt before that, Greg, right? Here in Wisconsin, anyways. Yeah, I think the youth hunt took place already, but I could be wrong. It's um, just before the 15th, so we don't have to be wrong or right about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's coming up here if it hasn't happened already. And then I think I think that's pretty much the mentor hunt. You can take either a youth or mentor somebody that's not hunted before season. Okay. I'll have to look into that. But My it's, wife had expressed interest in going, so it'd be kind of cool to get her on a, a gobbler and watch her shoot the head off of that thing with her shotgun. Hell yeah. I You know, it's they, we were joking about last, on last week's show. Um, we had two shows last week, so I think this is when we were talking to John Mulligan, a.k.a. Johnny Utah, um, that it's kind of like the poor man's elk hunting because there's just so much interaction. And you... Trev mentioned you do a run and gun. So it sounds like you're, you're actually, are you shooting? Uh, are you doing both? Are you going with bow and gun or? No, I mean, yeah. This year, You mean like when I go out, do I bring my bow and my gun? Yeah. Or do you alternate or like, okay, well, I'm going to bust up the shotgun today or whatever. Yeah. Now, now it's just going to be like, go out. And just either or, man, depending where I'm hunting. Because there is a lot of archery-only areas where I hunt. So either bring the bow or the gun or whatever, you know, both of them. But it is definitely, I don't know, after last year, running and gunning with the bow is one of the coolest things in the world, man. And just hiding behind trees and burlap and whatever else, it's definitely badass with the bow. Hearing the Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go Ninja theme song in my head. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know anything about like the Greg Trev? Do you guys know like yeah. what do, do you guys get into like the the you know the tactics of the gear like what choke you should be running on your gun and things like that and what grain of of ammunition is that worth talking about well, when you're talking turkey hunting for the range and yeah, stuff? Yeah, you're talking you're talking shotgunning. I mean, everybody's got their favorite. Just like for for ducks, I mean, if I'm shooting puddle ducks out here, how's like the puddle duck steel load? Oh man, you gotta learn me here a little bit, to do, bro. Yeah, I know. You're, gonna, you're, you're, you're starting a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, you're starting a rabbit hole. We'll, we'll discuss that in another episode. <laughs> so, puddle, I'll um, just break it down real quick. Puddle ducks is like your normal ducks that everyone would see. Your your mallards yeah. and your wood mallards, ducks and your teals. Oh, because they're so common, you could find them in a fucking puddle. Well, typically, any inland 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 pond or lake. Mm-hmm. That's that's mostly going to be puddle ducks. I mean, well, that's not totally right, but you'll see divers on lakes too. But a diver is another type of duck. Getting back to it, I'm I'm going to kick us back over to this subject. Everybody's got their favorite or confidence load, so mine's the number three for ducks. For pheasants, um, I like usually number fours or number fives. They're always copper coated lead. For turkeys, I'm usually a four or a five shot guy also in a three inch. I used to have a, a magnum gun that shot the three and a half 
honestly, it's really not worth it. Although it did come in handy to clean up on a couple of coyotes once, but another story for another podcast. Um, when you're talking a turkey choke, my experience has always been that the tighter the better. So a full choke. Did you say the tiger the better? Um, no, not the tiger. <laughs> I could turkey out here, boy. <laughs> the tighter the better. Not tight like a tiger. Tight like a tiger. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Tight, yeah. We're on the tight, same page. Tight like a tiger. We're on the same page. We are, but not. Um, Different book, same page. So. They make turkey chokes that are like a super full. So they, they, they keep the shot string in much tighter, much closer together, so you get more pellets in a concentrated area. Versus like if you were to shoot like a modified choke, which most guns come with stock, it's going to have a wider pattern, and the BBs are going to be spread out a lot more. So with a turkey, you want to be able to hit them in the head or hit them in the neck and have as many BBs hit that thing as possible. That's going to ensure a quick kill. Nice. There's mud. So you're not you're not shooting I'm a, with it, dude. you're not shooting a slug at a turkey, right? Just to clarify. No, not quite. But as many many BBs in, in a tight pattern as possible. So um and to go along with that, man, like definitely pattern your gun. Um, and you want to see what, what pattern, yes. what, what round does best, you know, so it's, especially for a newer hunter to go out and buy, you know, a couple different types of ammunition and try it with your choke and see what pattern is the best, what shoots the best, yep. um, for you. Um, because there is some rounds that, you know, might shoot out of a stock full choke or whatever that just don't shoot properly at 20, 30 yards. So so what are the, what are the classifications for choke? You said you said full choke, and I'm interrupting on purpose. Uh, what are the other classifications? Because I know, so like we have a spectrum of listeners, right? We have new, beginner, intermediate, and we do have some guys that are super seasoned. So I just want to make sure we're we're covering some of the like. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good thing to cover. I mean, when you're talking shotgun chokes, um, there's cylinder, improved cylinder, modified. I mean, if we're gonna go kind of base, basic modified full and then there's like a super full for turkey and then you get into some of the other ones that are you know like a pattern master it's a different design of choke it's works a little bit different um i don't even want to go into discussing that on this episode because again it's a rabbit hole but typically it's a improved cylinder modified and full those are usually like the three chokes that came with my 870 when i bought it way back when um you know, what do you prefer? Tr- uh, do you prefer a, a pump action or automatic? What do you like? Well, for me, that's that's what I've got is a pump. I used to have a semi-auto. I sold it because I got out of goose hunting and stuff. And the gun was old and had a lot of miles on it. I bought it used, and it started to give some trouble. And I went through it, did a bunch of work to it. But what about you, Trev? What do you what are you rocking? I wanted so. Oh, I rock a pump, man. I'm right there with just you got it. You got to pump it, right? I have an eight, eight, seven. Yep, it just feels good. Although turkey, uh, you, you might want to consider that they have incredible eyesight, so we want to keep your movement to a minimum. So just make sure you're loaded up, sure. ready to go, right? Hundred percent. Make sure you shuck the round into the barrel. 
right before daylight. And make sure your safety's on. Because we don't want any accidents happening. Oh, dude, you could you That's could run true. through the incident reports on the DNR's website across many states oh and God. the things you read. Uh, maybe I'll read one on, on post just for just for kicks. Just to remind everybody to be safe out there, but um yeah, it's interesting the stuff you see. Hey Johnny, what's up? Uh he says what's up, fellas, in the comments. Um Trev, let's switch gears. I think you know, I'd love to hear no callers yet. And if anyone wants to call in, uh, we'll park you in the in the call queue for the moment because I'd love to hear, Trev, your most memorable hunt. My most memorable hunt. Um I think honestly it was this year. Um uh, my was the was a ten pointer that I shot, man. Uh this deer was a deer that I actually uh had chased for a couple of years. Uh, two years ago, I took a shot at him and he was an eight pointer, um, on a Thanksgiving afternoon. I actually skipped Thanksgiving with my family to go out just cause I just had that feeling. And, uh, so I got in the tree deer came in straight at me. Couldn't get a shot. Couldn't get a shot. Finally get a shot. It was 37 yards. Um, and it got deflected and I missed the deer. So I was really upset about it. And, uh, the next year, which was last year, I um, never saw the deer. Uh was never on camera, nothing, disappeared for the entire season. And then this year, um, right about October 28th, he had showed up on camera for the first time ever um, since two years prior. And um, so I was like, oh, he's around, he's around. So we named him Huda Funk. Um, and... Uh, we I hunted him hard. Couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. Ended up getting a property that abutted mine, but it was on the swamp side instead of up on the mountain. And uh, I set up. I had just came home from New York. I hunted up in upstate New York for a week, and I came home. I'd missed a rut, so it was about the 17th of Oct of November. Um, I didn't miss the rut, but it was a later rut. And uh, got in my stand. It was a couple minutes probably half hour before sundown. I'm like, all right, it's going to happen. Here we go. This is awesome. I haven't seen nothing yet, but I thought maybe that would be fucking running. So I was like, all right. So I hear full bore deer running right at me. I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's a doe runs right underneath my stand at about one yard and I'm in the saddle and I turn to go. I'm like, all right, hopefully there's a buck behind her. And then here he comes. I can see the 10 point. So now I'm or a big mass deer at this point uh, with a rack. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a shot at him. And he came by at one yard, completely right underneath me in the saddle. And I'm turned around, but I couldn't get a shot because he was like completely walking right at me again. And he was completely underneath me. And I watched him walk away and I couldn't get a shot. And now I'm all upset. And I'm like, oh man, that's him. Like, fuck, this sucks. Like I couldn't get a shot. What am I going to do? This sucks. This sucks. And I'm all upset in the tree. I texted a buddy of mine. I'm like, dude, there he was. I seen him. Finally, the hit list here. Finally able to get a shot at him. and couldn't get a shot. So I'm all upset in the tree. And about five, ten minutes later, I hear a doe running or a deer running at me again. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I think it's him again. So here comes the doe at one yard, completely under the tree stand. Same run, full bore, as fast as she could, completely by me. And I'm like, you've got to be behind her. But this time... If that's the case, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, sh I'm gonna shoot, but I'm gonna shoot straight down, I guess. I said I don't know what else to do. Luckily, he came in my 22-yard 
uh, opening, and he he comes. I see him. He gets into my opening. I stop him. He's quartering to me. I shoot him, like kind of like front shoulder brisket straight in, quartering in towards me. I shoot him, and I'm like, I watch the Luminoc go, and I'm like, fuck. I hit low. I hit low. Shit, I think I, I don't know what I did. And then now I start, my adrenaline starts going and I freak out. I'm like, I don't know. I So I call my dad, I call my buddies. I'm like, I, I shot him, but I don't think I shot him good. I don't know. It doesn't look good. I'm not really sure. And I start freaking out. And everyone's like, no, Trev, you shot him. You did good. I know you did. I know you did. So I get down and I'm trying to look for my arrow. No arrow. And then I find blood. And I'm like, holy shit i smoked him i absolutely smoked him so i backed out and i waited for some friends to come and i went down and he went about 20 yards 25 yards i couldn't see him he had gone into some thick stuff i didn't hear him go down or nothing i just saw him watch him disappear into some thick stuff it was like 35 yards probably and um fucking that was it man it was history after that. I couldn't believe it. I absolutely heart punched him on a quarter and in, in shot, shot him in, in the like brisket front shoulder in between there and out the other front shoulder. And he didn't go 35 yards. What stands out in your mind the most about that hunt? Like what is the moment that you vividly remember? Right before I released the shot and he just looked right up at me and I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this is this 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 moment couldn't have happened. Like, there's definitely, you know, the deer gods were on my side that day. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Like, this is the my biggest buck to date, and everything I've ever tried to do, and shooting a, a big buck, and it finally all came together. And he was just standing there, and like, right before I released the arrow, dude, it was just, it was the, that was it. It's cool. Isn't that crazy how that stuff gets soldered into your brain? You'll never forget it. Oh, never will I ever forget that. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you uh, did you year mount him? Did you did your, your beetles have their way with him or what? No, actually, he's actually getting mounted, and I actually get to get him back um, on Thursday. So I'm yeah. really excited about that. Yeah, pumped. It's my first shoulder mount. So That's awesome. I would be fucking jacked. I have Mister Fucking Seven Point <laughs> on the wall here that I put in the ground for a year. And let the earthworms do their thing. And, uh, you know, that's, I think, the biggest buck I got. And I got the six-pointer on the light over here in the camera. But, um, hey, Nick Sampson asks. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> you must know Nick Sampson. <laughs> I want to talk to Sampson. He says, ask him about shooting carp soon in Connecticut with his big boy Nick next month. Oh, don't Did you know even. about that? So, you, this is a rabbit hole. Um but I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it very vague. Um, so in Connecticut, um, we can't actually kill carp, or we can, but wait, what? A limit on <laughs> Is that real? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, they're protected. What? Uh, they're actually considered a game fish here in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. I'm very okay. confused. Connecticut well, is confused. Until your heart's content, and you'll never what? get rid of them all. It's, it's people fucking thing. slam I mean, and leave them on river riverbeds. Like you just you leave them out to rot. They're a nuisance. They're invasive. Get them out of here. The fuck, Connecticut. So the, the carp anglers group, the CAG, they're European carp fishermen, and they love the carp here. What? And, I um, mean, they fight hard, but that's yeah. it. Yeah. 
Well, I used to be one of those guys, man. I was into European carp fishermen, huge into it, tournament fished all over, um, huge into it, and I loved it, man. It was awesome until I started shooting with a bow and arrow. Um, so <laughs> well, did did you hook up with to, uh, with uh, Kills It Podcast? Garrett Benner. Yeah, thank you, my brain. Garrett Benner. Fuck yeah, Mr. Garrett Benner. He sent me a, a a YouTube video today via text message. Yeah. It was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, the working class outdoorsmen, dude. Their boat is insane. I got the chance to fish down with those guys um, for about five days. I went down and fished with them, and I'm actually going back. I'm supposed to go back down, but with this COVID thing, I'm not really sure. Yeah, no one's um, sure of anything. No, we're going to fucking shoot fish up here. Like, dude, the modern assassin, style, he's so. he's got those sweet green lights on his boat. His photos look like, I'm like, this is photoshopped. I'm like, wait, no, this is how it is. It really is like green and fucking red. And it's like a Christmas tree floating on water, murdering carp. That boat is insane, dude. 30, I want to, 20, 28 feet? I don't know. The fucking thing is huge. It's wild. Giant, dude. It's insane. Shooting fish on that thing is insane. Um, All these guys, man. Nick, Samson. Um, Nick Mather, all those guys, dude. They got just sick boats, dude. That's all they do is just kill barrels and barrels and barrels worth of fish, dude. If you guys, what do they do with all those that, fish? Because they do kill it. a lot of them. What what what's the byproduct there? What are they doing? So so like your snakeheads, uh, stingrays, a lot of the those things they eat. They're edible. Um, everything else goes to farmers. So you nice for fertilizer. Stingrays. This must be brackish water then. Yeah, you're fishing. You're fishing the Maryland, um, Maryland bays. So you're fishing like the Chesapeake Bay. That's cool. Um, okay. Or ocean makes us fresh. Yeah. Yep. It's a pretty area. I was in. I was in Quantico for a little bit, and then uh, I was out in Virginia for visiting some family not that long ago. And it's a pretty it, dude. The, I like the East Coast. I was out in New York a couple times, and then um, all the way up to uh, where's that? Where do they make all the syrup? What the hell's that? What am I thinking of here? Vermont. 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 Dude, Vermont. I didn't see any moose. I was kind of disappointed, but I did get some syrup. My wife gets mad because I call it syrup. She calls it syrup. I call it syrup. 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 Some people call it Hmm. scissorp. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on my third scotch. Maybe maybe you after about five beers. (laughs) Three scotches is all took for this one. It's monkey shoulder. It tastes good, okay? And, you know, I'm just throwing them back. What are you guys drinking? Come on, I can't be drinking alone. Otherwise, I'd be an alcoholic. Bullshit you guys aren't drinking. I got a timber Pepsi. Think What? What does that mean? A, uh, a what? Oh, Bush Light, dude. It's a Midwestern thing. I the thought fuck? I was talking with the Midwest guys. So I just I, call them Bush Lattes. Yeah, so I whipped out the timber, timber Pepsi. Pepsi. Bush Latte. Man. All right, all right, good. Bush Latte, Blue Smoothie. Yeah, that's right, Blue Smoothie. Blue Yummy. How about a, a pap cake? Greg, what are you drinking? Are you drinking a PBR? Nah. You sick bastard! No, I'm actually I'm actually uh, out of my mother-in-law's. I had a little Yangling. That's right, you East Coast boy. Yeah, I like oh, Yangling. Yangling. Whoa, well. that's good beer. I like Yangling. So delicious. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Best enjoyed while you're pompano fishing on the beach of Florida, but we're not there, so we're here. It Don't is ask where I got it. It might be bootlegged. <laughs> it was shipped shipped in. <laughs> sure. I had some in Tennessee, some Yangling, and I I, I had it initially uh, from uh, Florida and then Ohio. 
the three states I remember Yingling from. Delicious beer. Try the black and tan if you haven't. I haven't. I'm oh, have to. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. How do people find the Outdoor Drive? Where should we direct folks that are listening to go? Because your podcast covers more um, than ours does. So we're we're on all the major uh, podcast platforms, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Oh, no, we're not on iHeartRadio yet. Sorry. We're not there yet. Um, so we're on Spotify, Stitcher, um, iTunes, um, pretty much anywhere and everywhere. Um, I think – let me – hold on. I bet you I can look this up. I'm not good at this stuff, dude. That's okay. Um, That's what we got Steve for. Practice makes perfect. We have the, the Lipton – I think we have an actual like podcast page. So let me find this for you. Um, we don't have a website yet. We're talking about that. So we're going to have that very, very soon, but we don't have one just yet. So it is um, outdoordrive.libsyn.com. And it's L-I-B-Y-S-N. Uh, Libsyn's one of the, the foremost podcast hosting platforms that's existed. So um, yeah. Good platform. Yeah, if you don't find us on the apps, you're gonna. That's where you can find us. Is on the lips and man. Uh, oh, what else? Was I, oh, shit, I was just gonna say something. Oh yeah, you just launched some some t-shirts on Bonfire, the Outdoor Drive t-shirts. Yeah, yeah. After I had talked to you, man, I went and fucking I fired it up there on Bonfire, um, and got a What Drives You Outdoors, um, t-shirt. You guys have an Are You There Yet segment on your show? No. Are we there yet? You know, my daughter's two and a half years old, and she asked that question. I'm like, my life is over. <laughs> we don't even have that segment on our show, so where's this going? Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying about all things driving. What That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm so, dude, when you guys get your new intro done with the, with the, I'm, I'm like, I want credit for that. I'm just saying. Yeah, are we there yet? For you, <laughs> are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Eric, shut the hell up! <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm gonna turn this fucking car around. I swear to God. <laughs> Play the Chris are Farley you clip. Shoot if they have it this year, Eric. Yeah, if they have it this year, which it sounds like they may. Like it's getting close. Like really, it's less than two months away, right? Because isn't that like June? It's April seventh. Yeah, yeah, man. Thought they were talking June twentieth. I mean, they're they're not like, like here yeah. in the Midwest. They're talking the the pandemic isn't even gonna isn't gonna spike until May. Like, I don't know, man. It's changing oh, everything right now. So I would love to go because yeah. I have a new HHA site that I won there last year. I'm shooting the vector arrows. Like I've stepped up my game. I would take a shot at the target this year, and I might do okay. Whoa. Hmm. Trying to make bank, bro. He wants to drive a Range Rover. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to punch me right now? You both want to punch me right now. <laughs> you both want to punch me. Hey, right you know what's good for shoulder pain? If you lick my butthole. <laughs> no, you lick it first. This way got off the rails. It always if does. you haven't seen Step Brothers, you, you're on quarantine. Go watch oh, it. I all right. Have. Yeah, you need boats to go and watch. Boats and hose. Boats and hose. Yeah. <laughs> I almost threw that down a few times when you were talking about boats, but I held back. Every time I come, I produce a court. Brennan, that's offensive. <laughs> I could quote that movie forever. This house is I'm a prison! Shut up. 
Oh man, don't touch my mixer. Don't touch my mixer. Well, uh, I think you know we did a good job here. This was a this is a fun show. We're gonna have you back more often. Well, we can bring your crew on too, and uh, you know the lines are open. Back more often. Yeah, we gotta bring everybody back. I more guess nobody often. wants to talk to us, man. That's all right. It's it's okay. The phone lines are open. Hey, the phone lines are open. If you want to call in, we'll we'll shoot the breeze for like you know four more minutes. And if we don't get a call in four minutes, we're gonna end the show. So just you know, if you want to talk to us, we want to talk to you. Oh, this yeah, is your show. This is the longest four minutes ever. Just shut it off. Eight oh nine. Eight oh nine p.m. Central Standard Time. Wow, you're you're like past your schedule. I mean. Isn't there somebody you're supposed to put to bed? Who's got the Tweety Birds? Yeah, that's me. Unreal. That's what I do. That's your cricket. Somebody take that thing away from him. No. Yeah. It's like a toy. <laughs> I'm not there to supervise. Yeah. Hey, you guys want some? Do you guys want some? Uh, do you want some coffee? Anybody? I can brew some coffee. Backwoods grind. Some. It's delicious. Backwoods grind. Go brew some backwoods. All right, I'm done messing with the mix. And you have heated hunts. I mean, what's better than that, dude? We do have heated hunts. They come back on in September for Rut Club Radio. So it's a very special segment. Um, I was wondering where that is, man. I love that thing, dude. I love calling in. Well, we can't talk about the rut, rut right now, and there's no rut. Like, there's no rut. Well, it's got to be well, irrelevant. People rut. are in rut because it's not deer season. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's COVID rut. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> a lot of babies come. come uh, I'm December 25th-ish. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, December babies. There's going to be a bunch of them. Johnny said he like needed family. this tonight. He's sick of watching Family Feud. You know what, Johnny? The phone number is on the screen. If you want to call in and chat with us, we are here. Yeah, Johnny should call yeah. in. I'm calling him out, dude. Johnny. Johnny, have you guys ever talked to Johnny? No, no, but if he doesn't call Johnny in, Johnny, you piece of shit, you better call in. <laughs> Hold on. He definitely needs to call in. Call in. Johnny, I didn't mean to call you that. Johnny's that was a scotch talking. He's bashful. Johnny's Johnny is bashful. not bashful. He is full, far from bashful. If you haven't heard Johnny, Johnny is on the Todd the Toddcast show. So he's he's a co-host on the uh, the Toddcast. Todd, is, are Johnny's you saying Todd? Man, dude, he's from. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a hunting show. It's just no, a that's funny, cool. Uh, a funny podcast, wicked wicked badass podcast he's from west virginia he's from virginia sorry um, yeah don't say west virginia that could offend uh, someone from virginia people. yeah that's that yeah. <laughs> like the people in west virginia don't have teeth <laughs> yeah exactly they have their cousins um <laughs> but no um he's from tattooed in the wild man john oh no tattooed shit in the wild too so yeah i've heard those guys dude. funny as hell but good people dude what a hype man but we're going to yeah, it's the east coast boys I like Hello. you guys on the East Coast. There's a lot of folks that on the East Coast that use the word hunt app. Like I, I see the East Coast look like a Christmas tree half the time. I think it's just because you guys are so densely populated out there. Um, we're all spread out over here in the Midwest. So like we're, we're social distancing is in our nature. Yeah. That's why I have to go walleye fishing tomorrow to social distance myself. Attaboy. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Send me a video if you reel one in. Um, and you guys are on TikTok too, right? No, so you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. Where where else am I? You're on Snapchat. Is yeah. that a thing that the people pay attention to anymore? I don't know. Uh, Twitter. Mm, we don't have a, a outdoor drive TikTok. 
I mean, um, outdoor drive. We don't have an outdoor drive TikTok or an outdoor drive Snapchat. It's just me on TikTok, but I do just some outdoor drive stuff on there. Nice. Um, I'm on Udo. I'm on. Um, where else are we? We're about everywhere. Um, that other app that you hooked me up with. Go wild. I'm not, we're on Go Wild. That's the other one. Yeah, great app. That one's that one's a good and one. And of course, we're on the Where to Hunt app. Well, look at this. We did get someone to call in from Virginia. He's getting screened right Uh-oh. now. Let's let him go. Is Johnny. Johnny? Yeah. Or is it Steven? Johnny. Hey, Johnny, you're live on the Word Hunt podcast. What's up? What's up, fellas? How in the world are you? We're good. We're real good. <laughs> so we, we got you to call in. Look at us with one minute to spare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to be a piece of shit, so <laughs> I figured I'd better get out. <laughs> I was I was in the bathtub listening. I'm like, all right, now I got to get out and call. The bathtub, <laughs> the things we do on Johnny quarantine. Johnny does this to me all the time. <laughs> do you, you, what kind of bath bomb did you use? Uh, uh, I can't remember. Uh, lavender, I think. I think it was lavender. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna have you long. You're gonna fall asleep soon. <laughs> so Johnny, you're talking to us while you're naked in the bathroom. Is what you're saying to us. No, I, no, actually, no. I do have all my clothes now. All right, That's all right, I'm good. I, I had to get out. Right off. I didn't want to give I'm all those people like, that image, bro. Like you said, I've done that to you how many times? Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm taking a bath, dude. <laughs> how long did you listen? What was your favorite part yeah, of the show tonight, John? I, uh, I've been here for a good while now. Yeah, I've been on here for a little. I'm not sure exactly how long. I know I didn't. I know I didn't catch the beginning, but what kind of dirt you got on Trev? That's what we want to know. <laughs> I don't have any dirt on Trev. Bullshit. I don't have any dirt on him. Bullshit. No dirt whatsoever. Not yet. <laughs> are you doing any hunting? Are you doing? Are you doing any turkey hunting? Or what do you got going on? Oh, I can't wait. Our season comes in Saturday. I cannot wait. That's you guys awesome. have a lot of there. going on down there? What's that? How how green are you up down there? Did you guys, I mean, obviously you're quite a ways further south than we are. We're just starting to see some green come in on our uh, underbrush here. Uh, oh, the trees we've got, got a lot of green. Leave. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're getting a lot of green here. I was out this morning. I went mushroom hunting and just went out to listen. Heard two off in the distance. Yeah, we're greening up pretty good. Summer's on. Yeah, you've been way. getting after the morels. You've been getting after those morels a lot, huh? You guys, when oh. did those those been in for a while now? Yeah, we've been in for the past three weeks. We've been we've been on them. So, wow, three weeks. Oh. Shit, we're not even close to that yet. I think we're getting there. In the next no, usually usually mid May, second second to third week of May, that's when we start seeing them pop here. Unless we get a freak warm spell where things warm up and stay consistent. Yeah, well, that's normally yeah, when you know normally it's turkey season before we ever start finding them. But my buddy went out to his spot. And he's like, dude, I found seventeen today, and we've been going back like every other day, and we're we're averaging about fifteen every time we go out. So nice. Well, you're going to have to show me those when I come down next week, Johnny, because all we got over here is ramps, man. That's all I'm finding is damn ramps. See, we don't have those here. 
I have you guys never have, found a ramp. Do you guys have them in we Wisconsin? Have, Morales? Yeah. Um, in fact, I've got probably about six different patches in the woods that I'm sitting right next to right now that I know of and I can go out and reliably harvest some every year. That's um, awesome. And then pretty soon, usually when I start seeing ramps, I got to watch for the asparagus to pop up as we got wild asparagus in the ditches all over out here, ditch weed. Yep. The kind yep. you smoke, the kind you eat. Yeah. <laughs> and, we have not found any of that. Now, we do have asparagus as well, but we haven't, uh-huh. we haven't located any of that yet. Sure. And then usually when I start seeing asparagus, it might be time to start taking a peek around for the morels. Um, there you go. Yeah, Doug, usually the east sides of these ridges that I've got, um, the east sides are the last to go. So very top, well, I might find a handful, and then it's time to start working on my way down and looking. So, no, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, Doug, no, it's funny you mentioned. It's, it's funny you mentioned West Virginia. Now I did grow up in West Virginia. Uh-oh. I'm originally from Virginia. Of course, I live here now. Now when we were in West Virginia, we had ramps. And God, you could always tell when they were in season two. I was going to say, uh, Doug, so Doug Glimmer, Glimmerveen with the uh, SmackDown Outdoors podcast just did an episode yesterday with someone about foraging for all sorts of mushrooms, like all kinds of mushrooms. I feel like I haven't even heard of this, the puffballs and all sorts of shit. And uh, he said mm-hmm. there's some, yep. some mushrooms that are like way better than morels. I'm like, really? It's super fascinating. So uh, wow. he's, got a good, he's got a good podcast, SmackDown well, Outdoors. Yeah, I mean, we have other species that grow around here. You just got to be able to find them. And like chanterelles, those are a real good. Yeah, that was it, chanterelles. Most of the time, when we find them, they're usually around here. And I've never found any, but I know people that have. They're always near like apple orchards and stuff. They Mm. do really well there. So, the other one's a black trumpet. Black trumpets are Mm. another really good one. Heard of that? That's new. Okay. And in this time of year, the other mushroom to find is a uh, chicken of the woods, which is your that's your orange and yellow one that you'll find. Um, sometimes it'll pop depending on the season. That's the one that grows on the sides of the trees and logs, usually. Dryad saddles, I think, is another name they call them. Oh no, that's a pheasant back. That's a different that's one. Pheasant backs. That's right. Yeah, I find yep. plenty of pheasant backs. Those are like a pork chop mushroom. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to find. It can't be too dry. No, exactly. You got to get them when they're young. Um, they they're actually a little bit. You can if you pinch them, um, and they're a little soft, and that means that they're tender. Um, and then they're actually good. But if you if they're too big, then they actually they taste like shit. Um, another yeah. one to find too is uh, I don't know if you guys have it. It's hen of the woods. Um, that one's at the base of oak trees normally. Um, but that's more we in the fall. That's that's a good one. That's a very good good mushroom. Yeah, usually if you find them right now, they're they're all dried out. They're past their prime. Um, oh wow! I, I have never found, tried those. I've found a few, or I found patches of them growing up the size of oak trees around here. And you know, in the winter, I find them when I'm out harvesting firewood. It's way too late. They're all dried up and they're done. It's a whole other freaking podcast topic. We got to do one about mushrooms. We just oh, have yeah. to do some foraging podcasts. Foraging, dude, is where it's at, man. Seriously, it's fun. <laughs> I'm probably a better forager than I'm a hunter. Hunting, you're looking around, looking for deer sign, looking for mushrooms, looking for everything. It's it's a great life to live. It's awesome. Oh, yes. Johnny, dude, thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for being our single caller. We appreciate you. Hey, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, I Thank appreciate you. it. I, 
I wanted to call, call in and give Terrell a hard time. Yeah. You're famous now, so there's <laughs> My that. My man, give him a hard enough time. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. Hopefully I'll see you in a couple of weeks, Terrell. Yeah, I'll be down, bro. I'll be down. Uh, I'm leaving on Wednesday. I'll be down. Okay, brother. Let me know. I'll bring you some rain. Only about, an hour and a, only about an hour and a half trip for me, if it's that long. We'll see how the, this whole crap goes, this virus shit. Crazy I'll times. bring down some ramps. It'll scare it all off. So There you go. <laughs> Johnny, have a good night. All right, fellas. Thanks for Enjoy your robe. Yeah, man. Thanks for including me. Hell yeah. See y'all later. All right. All right. Hey, folks, we're going to end the live broadcast. Uh, that's a wrap. So thanks for tuning in to this show. Thanks for commenting. Uh, and uh, thanks for Johnny for calling in. Everybody have a great night. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. Welcome to our news segment brought to you by eHunter. E-Hunter stands for Electronic Hunt Resource. It's E-Hunt-R. They're your go-to site for anything and everything hunting related. E-Hunter is the last one-stop shop resource you will ever need. If you want to check those guys out, go to E-Hunt, the letter R, dot com. Let's hear what they have to say for this week's news. Hey guys, Taren Hunt here from eHunter.com with your hunting news article updates for the week of March 29th through April 4th. We had a lot of really good articles written that this last week and they're all over the map too. So we're going to be jumping from state to state here, but stay with me. I think you guys will like some of these articles and and look forward to reading them. I'm going to start in Idaho. We put up an article that talked about um, Idaho continuing their hunting seasons uh, in spite of the coronavirus and as everybody well knows, coronavirus is kind of taking over news articles the past several weeks. Uh, the same goes for the hunting world. And so we've actually had some new updates on that. So look for an article to be coming out in the next day or two about um, the changes that Idaho is making due to the coronavirus. But um, we do have the one up about which seasons are going to continue and which seasons will stay in place during this whole pandemic Next, we'll jump to Utah. We posted an article about fewer tags being given in Utah due to the deer numbers that the biologists found this past year. They're actually planning to lower some of the deer tag numbers. And so a lot of people are happy about that. Some people are a little upset because of the lack of opportunity. That's kind of hunting in a nutshell right there. But really cool article. Go check that one out. We'll go to Colorado next, my home state. The first one, and I, I don't mean to laugh, but uh, the first one was um, a woman actually got attacked by a moose, and um, you know just be careful when you're in the in the woods and in the mountains. Don't get close to these animals. Um, you you can put be put in the wrong place, wrong situation, and end up getting attacked. So uh, that article is up on our site, so you can read the details on what happened to her. The other one in that we wrote in Colorado was some of the wildlife behavior changes, uh, really not even just in Colorado, but across the board. With COVID-19, most people are home or working from home. They're getting out in the, in the outdoors more, and so they're seeing a lot of these animals, and there's been questions coming into the Colorado Parks and Wildlife on whether this will change the behavior of, of wildlife. 
And really at the end of the day, it's not going to. It takes a long time to change their behavior. There may be slight and subtle changes they make just to stay away from people during this time, but really the overall effect should be little to none. We'll go next to Oregon. Um, pretty sad deal up there. On one of their units, there were 2,000 deer that were killed by a virus. It's a blood virus there. Um, small, really small herd that was in place there, about 3,300 deer anyways. And um, it's now down to, or they had 2,000 that were killed out of that herd. So pretty sad ordeal um, that happened there. The details of, of that virus are in that article. We'll go next to Arizona. Um, it's been a while since we've had an Arizona article, but we had one come up about um, wolves and the Mexican wolves in Arizona and, and the number of those wolves are on the rise. And as most of you well know, any kind of wolf conversation right now gets a lot of attention. This article got a lot, a lot of attention as people are a little concerned about the rise in numbers of wolves. Now they're not as detrimental as the gray wolves that are coming like here into Colorado but um, still something that has to be managed and can't get out of hand. And so the details on those numbers are again in that article. Last but not least, we're gonna go north of the border. We're gonna go up to Canada, where um, there we published an article that two indigenous hunters ended up getting ambushed. Um, really interesting read just on the situation and what happened up there. So. Check that article out and any of the other articles out. If you guys have any questions, reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to be able to answer some of the questions. If there's something that you feel like uh, we'd like you'd like to see in some of our news articles, send us a message, and we'd be um, very grateful to receive that. So, thank you guys for your support, and we'll talk to you guys later. made it this far you're a diehard listener and we appreciate you so so much this is the tip of the week and it's brought to you by deer vein that's d-e-e-r of course v-a-n-e.com uh anthony heller has got some practical tips for us every week at the end of the episode so if you've hung on this long either you love the show or you really like deer vein either way we're happy that you made it this far Let's see what Anthony has to say for us this week. Hey everyone, this week's tip of the week is to reevaluate everything you know about your property. A really fun tactic my friends and I like to use for properties that we've previously hunted is take a look at them as if we had no idea where the deer were, where the tree stands were, where the food was and all that stuff and just look at it based on topography, satellite maps and pressure based from likely the neighbors or other people that are hunting the property and take a hard look at that because sometimes you'll be able to catch things that you didn't catch before and be like, Oh my gosh, why is this tree stand here when it should be 50 yards this way? Or why are we hunting this on a North wind? We should be hunting it on a South wind and just really take a look at your, your stand sites and your property from the ground up as if it were a blank slate. Sometimes it can really help trigger some different thoughts, some different approaches and hopefully bring a little bit more success this fall. All right, hope it helps, guys. Okay, so I think that's a pretty great episode. I'm I'm really happy with how it turned out, and uh, I wanted to jump on here at the end real quick to say thanks, everybody, for the support. I think I say it every single episode because I'm just really grateful and thankful for everybody that listens 
and uh, means a ton to us. You know, I hope everybody's staying safe during these uh, interesting times of the quote unquote new normal. Hope everybody's families are doing okay. I know we have listeners from all over the country, so everyone's in different predicaments and scenarios and etc. Um, I did want to also take a second to say the reviews that come through, they just mean so much, but also to kind of um, do a little bit more for our listeners, we did create a Patreon account. And uh, if you don't know what that is, that's fine. No big deal. If you follow us on Instagram, you can head over there and the link in our bio, uh, in our bio will show you a whole bunch of different links. And one of them is a, a link to Patreon. And uh, what we're doing is a quarterly giveaway. So every three months, we're going to do some sort of large giveaway. And um, right now, it's a toss-up between a Matthews, but we haven't picked the the model yet or a Lone Wolf uh, custom gear tree stand. And so we're going to see what we go with there. But then we're also partnering up with some of our partners and uh, just some friends that we have in the industry. So uh, one of the things we'll be giving away June 30th for sure, is a uh, Vector Custom Shop uh, six-pack of arrows built to your specs and also free venison processing for anybody in the Wisconsin area that can make it to Blue Mounds uh, for outdoor addiction, taxidermy, and uh, butchering. So those are two that we've uh, added on for partnerships. We'll post that in our Patreon membership, but it's $5 a month, and that's $5 a month gets you into that subscription where you can get drawn. So right now there's, I think four members or five. So the odds for winning uh, at least six arrows and some free venison processing is really good. And uh, you know, we'll see what kind of, what kind of gift we do for the, the bigger part of that, whether that's the bow or the tree stand. So if you wanna learn more, anybody that signs up, you're gonna get a sticker and a koozie. Um, you know, we'll send it out right away. So as soon as we, as soon as we see you sign up, I'll get that in the mail, um, immediately and you can enjoy colder beverages and, and slap a, a new sticker on your boat case, your refrigerator, your computer, uh, wherever you want to put that. So anybody that wants to do that, uh, check it out, go to Instagram, follow the link in the bio and, uh, you'll be set. So thanks for tuning in. Hope everybody has a great week and you're having a great week and uh, you're getting outside. So that's all I got. Stay safe, hunt public. Thank you.